Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. I am Aaron Avra once again, and with me is Donatus Carroll. Donatus, how are you doing? Aaron, man, I'm doing great, dude. I am ready to rock and roll, ready for this little surprise that we have for our listeners as far as the vision goes. Um, so excited to talk about these teams, man. How are you feeling? How are you? Are you ready for this? Ready to, uh, to talk? Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. So... As Don just went ahead and alluded to, we have called an audible. We were supposed to talk about the ever-boring AFC South, but instead, <laughs> instead, with the news of Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots, we shifted gears so we can stay relevant and uh, <laughs> so we can become relevant, maybe. And uh, we're going to be talking about the AFC East uh, this week so we can kind of digest uh, everything that may be happening in the upcoming year. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what Don is talking about. So we are going to talk about them once again. Our order, as always, is the most boring to the most intriguing. In this case, the Jets, <laughs> you guessed it, the Jets are going to be the first cut. <laughs> and we're going to end with the reason why we switched our order with the Patriots. Uh, you ready to get into this, Don? I'm ready, man. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get the Jets out of the way. All right, so I am going to start it off with the Jets. Well, hold on. Actually, I'm going to call a timeout real quick. Feel free. I'm going to go ahead and shameless plug here. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Once Upon East 112, where we put all of our content. Um, make sure you share, subscribe, like, comment, whatever else uh, podcast things ask you to do, review. I know you can review with stars on, on Apple, but that's like the only place. But make sure you uh, you follow us there, uh, share the good the good news with everybody. And now here we go, on to the Jets. All right. So I'm going to take on the Jets first. We're not going to spend long here because, in my opinion, whew, the Jets are not good. Um, so as far as their offense goes, I think they have one bright point. Uh, and his name is Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon was not terrible last year. I think that it's just hard for him to, you know, do so much when the team is that bad. Um, yeah. We still have Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback, and his backup now is Joe Flacco, so mediocrity follows mediocrity. Um, and then they have a suspect, in my opinion, wide receiving core, like, yeah. Sam Darnold supposedly had a bunch of upside coming out of college. The Browns are rumored to have supposed to take him, and I did not want him. Um, I think he's been, you know, fairly average since entering the league, and now his receiving core consists of Rashad Perriman, um, who I loved when he was with the Browns, but he's yet to become a legitimate number one. They drafted Denzel Mims, um, who supposedly is a freak of nature, can run down the field and get it. Um, and then Jameson Crowder, which is, I mean, a legitimate number three receiver. But they don't have any – my big holdup, my big concern with this offense is they don't have any legitimate weapons for Darnold to get it down the field. Um, and I think this is going to hinder Le'Veon Bell yet again. Um, last year their pass game was 29th in the NFL, um, and their rush game was 31st in the NFL. Um, I'm not going to necessarily tear apart Le'Veon because I know how good Le'Veon is, and it's really hard to be really good on a really bad team. Um, 
And I don't know if they got Darnold enough weapons to, like, amplify him past the 29th rated offense. Uh, in, in response to that bad of, a, of a, a passing game, they gave him a receiver who's bounced around, had, like, four successful games in Tampa Bay, uh, had a decent season in Cleveland, and drafted him a receiver. Um, so their offense as a whole to me um, does not say much. They did go out and sign Frank Gore, but once again, Frank Gore is like 50 years old. Uh, I know he's been productive everywhere he's gone, um, but I think he's just making his AFC East tour right now. Um, looking at this offense, I honestly don't know how they went on to win seven games, but they did. Um but then if I go down and break down and look at their defense, um, their defense isn't all bad, and I think that's where a lot of their wins had to have come from was their defense wasn't terrible. they got C.J. Mosley, who spent a, a lot, if not all, of the season injured last year. Um, on the front line, they got Quinnen Williams, um, who's legitimate, uh, and they got Jordan Jenkins, who's legitimate outside linebacker. And the DBs, they got Jamal Adams, Pierre Desir, uh, who's legitimate, Brian Poole, who's legitimate, um, Marcus May, who I feel like is legitimate. They drafted Ashton Davis, who I hear can play everywhere, the kid from Cal. Um, my biggest concern about their defense is is really Jamal Adams. He's requested a trade. Does he get traded? Does he get what he wants? If he if they if they trade him and just get draft capital out of them, there's a giant gap in that secondary now because I think having Jamal Adams back at safety is huge for them. Um, but my biggest concern with this team, I know I think I'm, I may have said biggest concern about seven times here, um, is the guy who's sitting at the helm. His name yep. Adam Gase. Adam yep. Gase may be the most mediocre head coach that keeps getting jobs, um, in my opinion. Uh, I know he was successful in Denver, but he had a guy by the name of I, I believe he was the he was the coach there when um when Manning was there and he was successful there when Manning was there because I mean Manning was there. Um <laughs> outside of that he was in um he was in Miami and did terrible there. He got <laughs> he went to the Jets and and hasn't done much there. Um I do like their defensive coordinator and Greg Williams. He's a really big in blitzing. Uh, he did really well with the Browns defense when he was with the Browns, but I just don't think that offense is going to be able to really keep up. I think this, this team is going to continue to flounder and not be good and be irrelevant in a division that I think is getting tougher as the years go through. Um, they won seven games last year. I don't, I don't see them doing that again. I won't give my over under yet. Um, but I think this is the eyesore of the AFC East. What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, I'm going to make this super simple and hopefully super quick because you touched on it. Um, so I don't know if you've heard this saying before, but there's a saying that says that a fish rots from the head down, and um, I think that's the best <laughs> way to describe the New York Jets, um, from the front office all the way down to the team manager, uh, team equipment manager, sorry, team equipment manager, no offense to you, you're just part of the Jets. Um, their coach is a clown, their quarterback is a bust, um, their running back is a shell of himself, they don't have anybody to catch the ball, their tight end is decent at best, um, he's actually probably the best player on that offense. Uh, their offensive line is 
awful. Their defensive line is not good. Their linebackers are okay. And their secondary is decent at best again. So that's the New York Jets. Um, thank you. Goodbye. No, um, but seriously, that's kind of how I feel about the Jets. Um, I mean, you, you, you touched on some things. As far as, like, things I'm interested in, I really just want to see if Sam, Sam Darnold can put it together this year. Um, when Sam Darnold was drafted, I thought that he would be a bust in three years. I still think this is going to be his third year, so he's got this year to prove me wrong. Um, is Le'Veon Bell going to be able to be productive? Like I said, he was a shell of himself. He scored four total touchdowns last year. That's receiving and uh, rushing yards. He has 789 rush yards. Um, he, so he had the 11th most attempts. He had the 23rd most rush yards. Um, Le'Veon Bell, dude, used to have four touchdowns in, like, a game. Uh, legit would have, like, three touchdowns a game when he was in his prime. Um, so I want to see, can he get any production? Um, but so much of that had to do with the line, man. Like that line was awful and they didn't get any better this year. Um, I want to see Makai Beckton, the kid out of, I think, was he out of Iowa? Um, that we were, no, we were he's one out of Louisville. Louisville. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, we were both pretty high on, um, pre-draft. Um, and then throughout the draft, both of us spoke highly of him. Um, he's a physical freak of nature. Um, so I want to see how, how he's able to do, but then again, he's one player that the rest of the line's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see who's going to emerge as their top pass catcher. Like you alluded to, Jamison Crowder is at best a third option on any other team. Um, and he's probably their best pass catcher, um, uh, besides maybe Chris Herndon. Um, so, um, I think outside of that, I want to see how Craig, Greg Williams is able to do with this defense, man. Um, the Jets are just, they're just not good. Um, so, uh, again, like you said, I have no idea how this team won seven games last year, but I, I, I don't know, man. Their, their linebackers are actually decent as far as like CJ Mosley, Avery, Avery Williamson and Jordan Jenkins. They're okay. Um, but secondary-wise, I lied, man. Secondary, it's really just Jamal Adams, and it looks like he could be traded before the season starts. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the Jets are just not good, man. Quentin Williams um, out of Alabama, we'll see how he does, if he's able to put things together this year. Um, he, he was he was pretty good last year. So, yeah, um, over, under, I think I know where you're leaning with this, but over under seven games for the New York Jets, man. What are you thinking? Oh, I was going to say way over. They're going to win at least 13 this year. Um, <laughs> no, no, they're going under. Um, I, look, Lock I'm looking at the schedule. No, nope, I'm not hold taking them. that hit. I am not <laughs> taking that hit. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's like it's L after L after L, in my opinion. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, to me, I, I think there's a chance they don't get their first win. Uh, if, if it doesn't come against the Colts and if it doesn't come against the Chargers, they may not see one until they have that back-to-back series against the Dolphins. Um, yeah. uh, so we're, we're looking at like nine straight losses in a row yeah. until they reach the Dolphins. Um, yeah. I, I could be way off on this team, but I don't think they are good by any means. Uh, they don't have a true number one receiver. Darnold's not going to get comfortable. Darnold hasn't been great so far. And 
we've already said all this. Let me stop, stop. Let me stop, let me stop reiterating all their terribleness. Uh, under, under, what do you think? Yeah, I've, I've got them under. I've got them going a gracious four and 12. Um, really expect them to go three and 13, maybe even two and 14, but, um, I felt bad for them, so I gave them an extra win at four and 12. So yeah, this wow. team's just not good, man. What, what empathy there? What empathy? I don't even know what to consider that. It's... <laughs> yeah. All right, the Jets, finally, we got them done with. Uh, they were the <laughs> one we were dreading talking about because they're just, oh. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the Dolphins. Donatus, tell us a little bit about these Dolphins here. Yeah, so the Miami Dolphins, this is year two of them rebuilding. Um which last year they were in, I think a lot of people said rebuilding mode, which they would never admit to, and they won five games, uh, which, you know, I think it's pretty good as far as a rebuilding rebuilding mode goes. Um, but I think this year we're finally able to kind of start to see um, Brian Flores' vision for this team kind of start to uh, to take form, um, like – like many of you guys know, they drafted Tua Tagovailoa um, out of the University of Alabama. They took him number five. Um, they did not follow me, me and take um, Jerry Judy at number five. <laughs> so uh, they, they decided to go quarterback. Um, they took Tua. They still have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I believe, like we talked about with um, Tyra Taylor last, last week, being a transition quarterback, I believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of falls right into that same mold as being a perfect transition quarterback. Um, I believe that the Dolphins, I, I think they just need to be patient with Tua. Um, and I don't know if patience for them is going to look like sitting him the entire year or uh, playing him halfway through the season, but I think they just need to be patient with Tua, um, especially when you look at the offseason with everything going on with COVID-19. Uh, you look at his injury coming off a hip injury from last year. Um, they just need to practice patience with two attack of Bailoa um, in order to set their team up for success. Um, I'm interested to see what their running game looks like. Um, Jordan Howard was was good with, with the Chicago Bears for a while, maybe like two or three seasons. Um, Matt Breida was good with the 49ers on and off. I think as long as their offensive line can be decent, I I like those two um, as far as being a, a running back by committee. Um, I think the two of them, I, I think the two of them will be able to to be decent um, and give give the give the Dolphins a competent running game. I don't think they're going to finish in the top ten or anything by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they could finish top twenty, top fifteen, which is going to allow. Um, the passing game to open up for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua. As you look at their uh, their receivers, Albert Wilson was decent last year. Preston Williams really came on um, towards the middle of last year and towards the end. They were high on him, um, and I, I like him too. And then Devontae Parker, I think Devontae Parker, if he was on any other team, um, you would talk about him being in the top 15 as far as wide receivers go. Um, he's a super talented wide receiver. I believe he's out of Louisville as well. Um, and so, um, I think, I think their, uh, their pass catchers are pretty good. Mike Gesicki, I don't, I think that's how you say the last name. Um, he started to come on again as well towards the end of last year. 
Um, offensive line wise, I don't know anybody besides Austin Jackson who they took out of USC and then Eric Flowers who has been decent for a, a while as well. Um, and then defensively is probably where I have the, the most questions, if you could say that. Um, they took Ray, Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. Um, Christian Wilkins they took out of, uh, Clemson last year. Um, Emmanuel Ogba has been has been okay for them. Um, Kyle Van Noor, who was with the Patriots, um, I believe he's going to probably be their centerpiece defensively. Um, and then I like I like their cornerbacks, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. I think they're both really good corners. Um, they drafted that kid Noah. I'm not even going to try and say his last name out of Auburn. Um, I imagine they play him at slot. And uh, then they've got Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain at, at safety. So um, I, I don't know that this team is going to really, um, you know, blow a lot of people away. But I, I think that we can finally start to see uh, what Brian Flores is wanting to do with this team. And I think this year is going to be that second step of the rebuilding, um, the re- rebuilding their team, and I believe next year is when we're going to start to see the Miami Dolphins really become like a, a pretty a pretty good team. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of kind of what I have to say about the Dolphins. I'm really interested in just seeing um, when Tua ends up playing if they're if they're patient with him or do they kind of start him immediately. So, what are your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, I feel the same as you. Um, I think they they obviously have to sit Tua in the beginning. Um, besides Tua coming off that injury, though he's supposedly healthy, I mean, allowing him to sit where you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is capable of leading a team um, in the short term, um, allowing Tua to learn and kind of get used to the speed of the game, um, again, or what well, the NFL is faster than college, and being able to get caught up to that, I think would be good for Tua. I am interested to see about that run game. Uh, they were ranked the, I believe I saw the worst run team in the NFL, yet the worst run team in NFL last year. Uh, I think by them going out and getting Burita, um, was good, I believe. Didn't they get, I think they had Jordan Howard last year. Did they? I know he was gone from the Eagles. Uh, was he already with the Dolphins? Remember. Yeah, I don't remember if he was with the Eagles last year or not. Um, oh, no, no, he was, with, yeah, he, was, sorry, sorry, he was with the Eagles last year because he was with the Bears before that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had, Down um, they there. had Kenyon Drake at the beginning of last year and then traded That's him. That's right, and they traded him away. That's when they were going through the process of eliminating everyone they didn't see in the future <laughs> or didn't want to be right. there, and everybody right. thought that they were, like, very blatantly saying, we're trying not to win a single game. And then what ended up happening was as they started to play hard, they realized, oh, they were getting rid of players who didn't want to be there. And the players, and they started winning because players wanted to play for Flores. I remember now. Okay, so I'm interested to see those two moves of bringing in Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Yeah. How that duo there is going to be able to elevate their run game past the 32nd in the NFL. Um Brita, I don't believe, is a starting, like, a number one running back, but I think he's a very good one-two punch running back. I think that's what made him dangerous when he did perform well in San Fran was they had a stable of running backs, so everything did not fall on his shoulders uh, because he wasn't the main guy, but he was able to see glimpses. Uh, I like to see if Jordan Howard kind of bounces back and has his 
uh, what he did have in Chicago before they said, all right, we're moving on from you, um, to see if he can kind of get that back to, to elevate that run game. Uh, I'm going to get at you for a second because it's Mike Gusecki is how I believe you say it. Um, and he, <laughs> he is, uh, if I remember correctly, he's like a 6'7 tight end. Uh, he's, yeah. he's a freak of nature um, yeah. tight end. He came on as of late uh, a solid weapon for, uh, you know, Fitzpatrick or Tua when he comes out. Um, the wide receiving core is okay. Uh, I think they could improve it a little more. Devontae Parker's legit. Alan Hearns, when he's healthy, is pretty good. I don't know anything about Albert Wilson. Uh, I think that's an area they could strengthen going forward. But right now it's good enough to at least, you know, get the team moving. Um, and just like you, I don't know much about the line. What I'm interested in seeing is on the defensive side. Uh, so you mentioned Emmanuel Agba. I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to be a difference maker on that front line. He played for Kansas City last year. We traded uh, uh, Ogba to Kansas City. Or did he play for Kansas City two years ago? Regardless, he was on the Browns at one point in time. He was really good. I was disappointed yeah. we traded him. Um, but it was either trade him or pay him big money, which um, at the time I was like, I don't know about paying him big money. So I'm interested to see him in the front line. I think he'll make a difference. But I'm really interested to see about the linebackers and the, and the, uh, the cornerbacks. Main reason being, uh, Brian Flores took the uh, Matt Patricia approach and decided to just start bringing in former New England Patriot players. <laughs> their two middle linebackers, or two of their linebackers, not middle linebackers, but two of their linebackers are from New England, right? Yeah. Then we go down to their, their secondary. They have Eric Rowe from New England, and then they brought in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Obviously, neither of them from New England, but... A, how those New England players perform here? Um, or do you see, you know, a little bias in terms of Brian Flores being like, you know, I had them in New England for so long or however long he was in New England. Let me bring them with me to the Dolphins because, you know, in New England we won championships. And do they end up being busts? Or do they end up balling out, you know, being in the same division they had been in the year prior? I also wonder about – uh, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Byron Jones has been good and, and has been good for a minute. Xavier Howard had a huge fall off. Like, he yeah. went from elite, yeah. elite to, like, what happened? Um, so being able to see can he bounce back and be as dominant as he was before, almost like Xavier Rose when we go and talk about wherever he's at, is he going to be able to – to bounce back. Um, but seeing Xavier Howard, see if he can bounce back a little bit uh, from what he used to be. Um, I'm also interested to see with them with this new cornerback um, that I am also not going to try and pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> but I got I got two big questions for you. Yeah. First question, how many games until we see Tua? Second question, what's going to happen to Josh Rosen? Uh, let me answer your second question first, which is, if you have... Oh, that's not the like order OCD. I asked it. <laughs> you're OCD like me, you're going crazy right now. Like, answer the guy's first question first. <laughs> um, Stop ignoring my question. <laughs> um, okay, I'll answer your first question first. Uh, do, do whatever order you want. That one's tougher. That one's tougher to answer. How long till they see... To, uh, 
I think I think Tua will come in and play. They have the bye, so they have a later bye week, which is week eleven. I think you'll see Tua the last one, two, three, four, five, six, what seven games? Uh, six games. I can't count. Six games. Um, and I, I don't know. I think I think like that will give him enough time to learn the game. Um, to be completely healthy, um, I don't think that they're going to be like, um, you know, completely. I mean, they've got a tough schedule that those first few games. Um, I, but I, I think week eleven, um, well, week twelve is when two will make his debut. Um, or, uh, well, I don't know because I, I guess they'd want to give him a home game. So it's either going to be week ten or week. 13 against um, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, is when you see Tua Tagovailoa. Who, by the way, Tua, I'm still waiting for you to respond to my message on Instagram. I <laughs> forgot. Um, this would have been a, well, this would have been the perfect week for you to get on, but Tua, I know I am still waiting for you to respond. It's been a month. Answer my Instagram message. Um, I almost forgot, dude. I, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> That's that's the thing with Tua, um, Josh Rosen. I think if they're I, I think if they're going to trade him, they need to trade him pretty soon because he's going to lose trade value. Um, you know, probably after this season. I don't know that that anybody's really going to to bother with Josh Rosen. Which um, to me, Josh Rosen, man, is just kind of like a, a sad, not sad, but kind of sad, disappointing story. Um, obviously, he was drafted tenth. Um, traded from the Cardinals in, in favor of Kyler Murray. Um, didn't really have a chance to do anything last year. When we saw him, he was not good. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he probably gets traded or he'll get released in the offseason. Um, so yeah, what about you? When do you think we see two? Or what do you think happens with Josh Rosen? I think it all depends on how successful, um, uh, Matt, uh, Matt. Uh, Fitzpatrick is. Um, yeah. If Fitzpatrick's having a decent season, so let's say they do hit the bye and somehow they have like, um, I don't know, somehow they have like four wins, like they're four and yeah. five or whatever is four and six. I don't yeah. think you necessarily see Tua because I don't think that this season predicates on them being successful, I, uh, like winning successful. I think they really want to see that they can – fight and be in games and kind of see what they need to go into next season. It's definitely not a yeah. tank year, but it's right. not a we have to, like, be able to compete for a playoff spot year. So right. if, if this Patrick's being semi-successful, I don't see why you throw Tua in there um, if you don't think he's ready or you don't want to risk him potentially getting hurt. Mm-hmm. If But on the flip side, if you get to that bye week or, you know, even uh, seven games in, and y'all are looking at one and six, or you're terrible. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's coming from, you know, quarterback play more so than anything else. Like, if, if, if this Patrick's just playing awful and it's not necessarily because no one can protect him or anything, I don't see why you don't go ahead and throw him in there, see, you know, what ha- if you lose, you, you know, you're going to lose anyway with Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> you might as well right. see what you've got and see where you can build on next year or else you're going into the following season with a bunch of unknowns. Um, looking at their schedule, they have a very tough, uh, front half 
Uh, like you, I wouldn't be surprised if after the buy, uh, and I don't even think it would necessarily be a home game, I just wouldn't be surprised if after the buy, if they are struggling, if they say, all right, Tua, it's time. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we get six games in and um, they, they say, all right, now, it's time for us to at least see what we have in, in Tua and give him some reps, and then maybe he can grow throughout the season going into next season. Um, as far as Josh Rosen, you mentioned trade him now while he still has trade value. I don't think he has any trade value. Um, I mean, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, people were – it took forever for Cam Newton to be signed. And it's off yeah. of the concern of his health. I don't think yeah. people are – I don't think people are jumping at, at trading for a, you know, bad Josh Rosen who's been bad yeah. for years. Um, yeah. to give up any kind of draft capital at hopes that he'll be a successful third-string quarterback. Um, I don't feel as bad for him, and it's more of a personal reason. Uh, when there was news that, that Cleveland was looking at him, and he and apparently made a comment to a reporter out of his way saying he has no interest in going to Cleveland, I'm like, so first off, I understand that. Second off, <laughs> second off, I mean, I would want to go to Cleveland. But, you know, I understand a young quarterback seeing the demise of what's been happening with the Browns saying I don't want to go there. But if you're going to put that out in a statement, like you're all that, and, and all the news about Josh Rosen coming out, about how like um, how arrogant he is about his skill and self, uh, I think it's just a lot right. of karma coming at him. Uh, I yeah. did feel bad for him initially in Arizona. And so when he went to Miami and they gave him a shot to play, and even the Dolphins, who were, like, actively tanking, were like, no, 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 not this way. I don't want to tank this way. Um, and, and stop playing him on account of a more competent Fitzpatrick. Like, I thought Fitzpatrick was the wrong route because he was going to accidentally win too many games. Uh, Rosen was so bad, they were like, well, we can't be this obvious. Um, I put Fitzpatrick back in. I think he gets cut before the season. Um I, I shoot. It may even be before. Uh, it may be during one of those preseason times where they're like, "All right, we need to just go ahead and start cutting some losses," and they get rid of Rosen. I no one's going to trade for him, and he's definitely not going to be on the fifty-three man roster. Um, he'll be gone before the season. I just don't know when. I just forgot he was on the roster until I looked at it. I was like, "Oh, look, it's a uh, it's Josh Rosen still existing on a roster." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, yeah, over-under, uh, five games. Uh, I've actually got them winning the exact same amount of games, five games again this year. Um, oh, really? I, I, yeah, I think I think they find a way to kind of win some games that you wouldn't expect them to. Like, I, I think they could beat New – I think they'll beat New England at home, possibly. Um, uh, they'll beat the Jets. I think they beat the Bengals. Uh, I think they beat Jacksonville. Um, and then I think they beat one of the L.A. teams. So, uh, yeah, that gives them five right. games. I, I just think, oh, the, I think I, the team, they're not, they're not like the, the Jets are awful, dude. Like, there's no way that the Jets win five games this year. Um, <laughs> the Dolphins, the Dolphins, I believe it's not too crazy to think that they could find a way to win five games because they're, they're young and they're talented-ish. 
Um, they just they just have to put it together. Plus, Ryan Fitzpatrick, dude, he can win you he can win you twelve games by himself, or he can lose you twelve games. You know, so <laughs> I don't know. I just I think five games seems kind of fair for them. What about you? Well, here's my thing. I know I just said that you know fans aren't looking for them to compete for the playoffs, but I do think fans will be upset if they only win five games or less again this year. This team, in my opinion, is better than last year's. Uh, it's similar yeah. to the Browns. Like we went, we went seven, eight, and one, and we have a, a, an arguably better team the next year. Yeah. And we lost more games, and we were like <laughs> better than that. Up. So if they like this team is right. better, in my opinion, and um, they they should. Uh, the, I think the fans will be upset if it's five or less. I think it's more. I think they actually only end up pulling out seven wins. It's yeah. definitely not anywhere close to 500. It's not going to be a playoff run. I think it's a slight improvement. They don't have double-digit losses. I think it's seven wins this year. Uh, but I do believe, at, you know, of also being a fan of a bad team, that you think, you know, I just want to get better, and then all suddenly you're the same with better players, and it's like, what happened? And then you start, like, questioning all the coaches and everything. I, it, it's a whole it's a whole thing. You got you, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. You're not a Browns fan. You don't, you don't understand the pain of being like, how did we lose more games with a way better roster? Uh, I don't know, dude. I've been a Ready Falcons fan for the past two years, dude, and that's been the story of our life. I don't understand losing, like, terribly, but I understand losing games with a talented roster that should not lose nine uh, games. That's back true. Back that's Anyways, true. more. More of that in, in coming weeks. <laughs> We're not talking about that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's over, in my opinion. It's seven games. Um, all right. On to the showstopper of the division. We got the Buffalo Bills, the team whose fans in the parking lot jump off of trucks and break tables for the heck of it. Bills Mafia, they are some crazy fans, in my opinion. They are outrageous i would not throw myself off the truck to break um to break a table but that's just me um (laughs) all right this team a team that made the playoffs last year um a team that i think it i i personally was stunned at how good they were um i was not a josh allen believer i'm still not a full-fledged Josh Allen believer, but he has definitely done way better um, than I could have imagined that he would have been. I know when he was connected to the Browns, I did not by any means want him. Um, all I heard was that he had a huge arm and he is crazy inaccurate, uh, which he still struggles with accuracy issues. Um, I did not want that. But they came out last year, ended up going 10-6, and six, um, lost their first game of the playoffs against Houston, and we're looking back on that game, I remember that was like a really good game that turned into a terribly offensively called game. Um, the yeah. Bills were up, up, up pretty big, and then it's like Brian Dayball, their OC, just turned into Freddie Kitchens and started calling irrational plays. Um, <laughs> I, for real, though, it was like watching Freddie Kitchens call plays. I was like, what is happening? Y'all were up by like 20, and now you're calling um, – all go routes, um, Freddie Kitchens. That's how I feel about that. Last year, <laughs> they, 
they ended with uh, two straight losses to the Patriots, to the Jets, um, and they ended up losing in the playoffs. Um, this coming year, I think they added some key weapons to help kind of make up for the fact that some missing pieces. Uh, they went out and traded for Stephon Diggs. I thought that was a good move. They gave up their first-round pick, um, and it was a wide receiver-heavy draft. The difference between using that pick for one of the highly touted wide receivers and just going ahead and trading it away for Stephon Diggs is you know what you're getting in Stephon Diggs. Um, you could right. draft one of these receivers that you like, and they could not pan out at all, and then you're sitting there with a, a, a bust or just a legitimate number two receiver. Uh, Stephon Diggs brings some speed um, to this offense. He has hands. He's a great route runner. Pair him with John Brown, who I think really broke out pretty well last year. Um, underrated. I, I've always seen him as just an okay receiver. And then last year, um, him and Josh Allen connected uh, quite often and had had a pretty successful year. Um, mixed with their, their slot receiver and Cole Beasley. Uh, I like their receiving corps. I think it's a solid receiving corps. Um, Josh Allen, you know, little known. Uh, not a little known fact. We all know the fact that, you know, he's, he's got some wheels. He is sneaky athletic. Um, he's very, oh, don't want to say this. He's not as good as Cam Newton, in my opinion, obviously. But he's very Cam Newton-ish that he's not afraid to yeah. pull it down and run. And instead of trying to get out of bounds, he's going to try and run you over. Um, what that concerns me for him is we've seen durability issues with Cam is will we run into durability issues with Josh Allen? I never saw him play in college. I was not a, I did not watch Wyoming football, so I don't know if he did this in college, but I assume he did. Um, it's just I, I don't know if, if taking those beatings over and over again is going to pay out for him. I still think he needs to work on his accuracy, but I think having an even more solid receiving corpse is going to help him. Um, and then as far as running back goes, um, I was not a big Singletary fan last year. Um, I, I picked him up in fantasy because he was supposed to be good. Um, he had good games, but I don't think he was consistently good. Um, I believe he was. Was he a rookie? La I believe he was a rookie last year, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Devin Singletary. Yeah. So I, I'm looking for him to have a a bigger year this year. They also got T.J. Yeldon, uh, and they also went out and drafted Zach Moss. I think between those three running backs, they're going to figure out something really good. Um, yeah. TJ Yeldon kind of struggled uh, from Jacksonville. I'm interested to see if he turns out like uh, Kenyon Drake, who went off to a new team and then started balling out. Uh, Drake was okay. He was great in college. He was okay in Miami, and then he balled out in Arizona. Uh, Yeldon, great in college, okay in Jacksonville, maybe okay in ja Jacksonville. Um and I, I want to see if he can kind of bring it back with the Bills. I think by them creating this little three-headed monster, I don't know if any one of these guys are the number one running back, if they were the only ones on the team. But I'm interested to see how Brian uh, Dayball uses them to create a little three-headed monster uh, between the three of them. Their offense all around, in my opinion, uh, pretty good. From what I've heard about the line, pretty good. Uh, this is, in my, in my opinion, a fairly – competent, good offense, I think the big indicator is going to be looking at Josh Allen to see how he grows. Um, 
can he become more accurate? Does getting Stefan Diggs help the wide receivers course where he doesn't just have to rely on John Brown the whole time? Because Brown was a deep ball threat. Cole Beasley was your five yard, 10 yard threat. Um, I think Stefan Diggs helps spread that out a little bit. Um, and then looking at their defense, I mean, they, they have a, a, a whoo, they have a sneaky good defense. Um, yeah. this, this line with Ed Oliver, and star um, in the middle. I'm not, um, help me out here. Lowly, I think. Star with star in the middle with Ed Oliver. Uh, really solid middle right there. Um, and then to go with the linebacking core, Trey Edmonds is a baller. Um, AJ Klein is, is solid. And then you get to their DBs, and the DBs is where I think they get scary. Uh, Josh Norman, what I'm interested to see there is can he, um, is, is how is he going to, res- I'm thinking of the correct person. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, I said Josh Norman and then in my head, I started to doubt myself if I was thinking of the right person. See if Josh Norman can become the Josh Norman who played in the Panthers because that Josh Norman never showed up in Washington. Um, I want to see if he picks it back up and can ball out and be an elite DB like he once was. Uh, Jordan Poyer, stud of a safety, played in, um, once again, my favorite word, played in Green Bay. Uh, my Green Bay, sorry. I was looking at Andrew. Played in Cleveland for a little bit. Um, he was never really a starter with Cleveland. We let him walk. Um, Buffalo picked him up. And then he became an, um, a freak of a safety. He's a really good safety. Yeah. I yeah. low-key wish he was still with Cleveland. Uh, you got Micah Hyde who balls out and, and, um, Tredavious White who's a solid cornerback. I think they have one of the best all around cornerbacking units in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. If all this predicates on if Josh Norman shows back up and becomes his former self, um, I hope he kind of looks at that Washington stint and just, you know, forgets about that. Um, but low key, Solid defense, solid offense. There's nothing flashy about this team. Uh, there's nothing that you would look at with this team and say that they're going to ball out. Um, Leslie Frazier is the de- defense coordinator, solid. Uh, I love Sean McDermott. Um, I just like this team. It is an all-around good team. And also, irrelevant note, top five uniforms in the NFL. Let's be real. They have some of the best-looking <laughs> uniforms in the NFL. I'm not sure if you – if you share that that opinion. Um, but I think these bills are finally good again, and I think they're going to be pretty decent for a while. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, the bills, to me, they, they remind me of an old-school kind of team, which I kind of like old-school football, um, which is we're going to run the ball and play really good defense. Um, like, you know, I, I enjoy watching teams throw the ball over the field, but I think at the end of the day, um, for me personally, one of the best ways to still be successful is to run the ball really well and be able to play really good defense. Um, and that's what, that's the reason that the, the, the Bills were successful last year. Um, and Sean McDermott seems to share that same sentiment as far as we're going to run the ball and we're going to, uh, we're going to play good defense. They, uh, they finished eighth in rushing yards at 128 yards per game last year. Um, they're returning the majority of their same offensive linemen, 
um, which is always a good thing. Anytime that you can have the same consistent um, five guys playing offensive line and bring them back next year, um, it just helps you out. So much of the NFL, um, so much of your success depends on how good your offensive line is. Um, and so I think it's awesome that they're bringing back um, the same five guys that played last year. Um, just like you talked about with Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, Singletary is a more flashy, speedster type uh, running back, and Zach Moss is really just going to pound the ball down your throat. Um, and then TJ Yeldon is actually a good mixture of the two. So I think that those three, it's going, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how the three of them work um, and play together. And then even their fourth string, Taiwan Jones, was – uh, with a decent pass catcher in Oakland for a couple of years. Um, so across the board, as far as running the ball goes, they're, they're pretty good. Um, like you said, with their, uh, their wide receivers, I'm really interested to see how those wide receivers complement each other. Um, cause they're all kind of built the same, right? So Cole Beasley's 5'8, John Brown's 5'11, Stephon Diggs is right at six foot. Um, both Diggs and Brown are both speedsters. Cole Beasley is uh, is going to really work the short to intermediate game. Uh, but Josh Allen, again, has a big arm. And so you've got Stephon Diggs and John Brown, who are two burners, especially in the deep game. And you've got a quarterback who can gun it. Um, so I think, I think look for a lot of play action and a lot of excitement um, as they kind of lull the defense in by running the ball. Um, and open up that play action game down the field. I think I think there's going to be some some pretty excitement on the uh, the, the Buffalo Bills offense. Um, like you said with Josh Allen, man, it's it, it's his third year. Um, I think coming into the league, I, I think a lot of people kind of questioned whether he was going to live up to being taken seventh overall. Um, I think you could look back at that draft and, and see. I, I think you could make the argument, and this I don't want to get you riled up, but I think, though, you can make the argument between him and Baker Mayfield um, kind of being there. I think it's Lamar Jackson and then Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and then obviously the other two, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. But I think I don't think the gap between Mayfield and Allen is as far as people may think it is. Um, Josh Allen only threw nine interceptions last year, um, so he's, he's – He's pretty careful with the ball, which is which is a really good thing, especially in a young quarterback. Um, and then defensively, you already talked about them. I mean, that defense is solid. Um, they've got they've got a good veteran presence in star uh, Latuleli and uh, Jerry Hughes, um, who have both been in the league for a while, but they're they're both still super productive. Um, they took AJ Epinesa. Um, who neither one of us were super high on, but I think they got him in the second round, which to me was a steal considering that he was supposed to go in the, the fourth round, early second, and they got him in the later second round. So I think that just gives uh, more depth to them. Um, like you said, Tremaine Edmonds and A.J. Klein at the linebacker position are good. Um, and then their secondary, man, they've got one of the better secondaries in the league. Um, Tredavious White, the top five corner, um, you already talked about Jordan Poyer. Micah Hyde, to me, is an underrated safety who I think would be in the top ten, maybe even top five for safeties. Um, and then even – so it, it, it's in, it's going to be interesting to see who wins out that position opposite of uh, Tredavious White, whether it's Levi Wallace who played for them last year or if it's Josh Norman. 
Um, and Levi Wallace wasn't bad. He had 66 tackles and two interceptions. Um, and so, I mean, he, he seemed to be able to hold his own. Um, so even if Josh Norman doesn't give them what they were expecting him to do, um, they still got Levi Wallace. And worst case scenario, one of the two of those players can play um, slot corner and do pretty good at that slot corner position. So, um, like you said, man, I like the Bills. They're just a solid team. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's really all I have to say about them. Um, so they won 10 games last year over under for the Bills, 10 games uh, for this year, Aaron Avra. All right, so here's my thing. <laughs> Before the news broke about Cam Newton, yeah, this they were going to be over and they were going to be my division champs. I have not decided yeah. whether or not I'm sticking by. the. Uh, once we analyze, I think, the Patriots is when I think I'll decide fully. Yeah. Um, but off my initial gut feeling glancing at their schedule, I've gone through and I've tried to justify my over several times, and I, I can't. I, I can only yeah. find what I feel like are nine definite wins. Um, so for them, I'm going to have to go under. They'll be in the playoffs again. I thought this was going to be the year that the Patriots no longer run the NFC East or AFC East, and then they went off and signed Cam, and now I feel differently about it. Um, so I'm going to go under, but it's going to be barely under at nine. I won't be surprised if they do the same or go over, but based on the schedule, I'm going with nine. What about you? Yeah, and I'm, I'm in the complete agreement with you, man. Uh, I've got them winning non-definite games, which, you know, it kind of stinks for them because you got to think, had the Patriots not signed um, Cam Newton, I think you could have made the argument that the Bills would have swept through their division and gone 6-0. Yeah. And, um, and so that's that would have put them at uh, 10 or 11 wins, um, possibly even giving them a first-round bye or a, a home playoff game. Um, but then, obviously, with the news with Cam Newton signing with the New England Patriots, that definitely dealt a blow to the, the Buffalo Bills. Um, so those two games are going to be super interesting. Um, but, yeah, I've got them going nine games as well. So. Cool. Same. Uh, so that being said, <laughs> Now for the time that we've all been waiting for, uh, the reason that we switched weeks with the AFC South, the football gods gifted us what we have all long been waiting for. I think we both said it on this podcast. We couldn't figure out which one of us has said it, but I think we both have said it at one point. Oh, that's what I meant to do today. I meant to go find it, pull it, and then place it in the uh, the podcast. Ah, oh, man. Oh, well, well, that oh, there you go. That's right. Uh, Cam Newton, news broke yesterday. Cam Newton, or is it the day before? But anyways, Cam Newton to the New England Patriots, making the New England Patriots um, that much better from a Vegas standpoint, from a uh, favorite standpoint. Um, just like Bill Belichick, just when you think the New England Patriots are, are going to be weak, that this is going to be the year that they barely win five or six games, they signed Cam Newton. Um, so some things that I, about the New England Patriots, something that just right off the bat that I thought was super interesting was I saw a report today that said that the New England Patriots were the only team to offer Cam Newton, which I'm, I'm a huge Cam Newton fan, um, especially this past offseason. I think he got done dirty by the, by the Carolina Panthers. Um, I thought that he was going to get more um, offers or looks, 
Um, I was kind of really hoping he would land with the Washington Redskins and Ron Rivera, but they passed on him. Um, and after a few months of the, uh, the, you know, the New England Patriots passing on, on Cam Newton, they finally signed him. Um, which to me tells me a couple things. One, Bill Belichick knows something about Cam Newton that the rest of us don't know. Um, yep. because, uh, Bill Belichick's not going to take a chance with a player who has a big personality and is injured. Um, you know, like I think you'll take one of the two. You know, we've seen him gamble with, uh, with Randy Moss. We've seen him gamble with some of those other players with big personalities. Those players were also in their prime. Um, Kim Newton's got a big personality and he's coming off an injury. So, and so Bill Belichick's not going to take a gamble unless Kim Newton is healthy. Um, so when you look at this team, man, Cam Newton just makes such a big difference. Um, you know, looking at it before, I think we could, we could question their running game. We could question their wide receivers. We could question their tight end. Um, you may could even question their offensive line, but I think Cam Newton enhances and makes everyone that much better. So where now I don't have as many questions about that offensive line. Um, last year they battled a lot of injuries and I think this year if they can all stay healthy, You've got Isaiah Wynn out of Georgia, um, David Andrews, who's been really good for a really long time. Shaq Mason's been good for a long time. Um, Joe, I think his name is Tooney, Tooney maybe, I'm not sure. Um, but then Marcus Cannon as well. So um, I, I know people had a lot of questions about their offensive line last year. I think the majority of it was that they were hurt and they just, just could never be consistent. Uh, plus you were dealing with an older quarterback who was not mobile at all. Cam Newton brings another um, another element to that game. He's he's obviously he's a mobile quarterback. Um, he's not a pocket passer. If the pocket starts to collapse, he can buy some time and get out of the pocket and either run or throw on the run. Um, so I think Cam Newton's going to help that offensive line. Um, some questions that I do have as far as the offense goes um, is I I want to see so they they're obviously high on Jared Stidham. And they've said that they're going to let Cam Newton compete for the, the starting job. I want to see how easily um, Cam Newton ends up winning that starting position because I think that's going to tell you um, about how high they really were on Jarrett Stenham or not. And it's also going to prove to you how healthy Cam Newton is. Um, Cam Newton in his prime a few years ago would have had absolutely no problem winning this starting position. Um, so I want to see how easily – Cam Newton wins this position. I also want to see how these wide receivers and Cam Newton complement each other. So Cam Newton has always either needed a wide receiver who's a speedster. You look at Steve Smith, you look at DJ Moore, you look at Curtis Samuel, or he's needed a big body wide receiver. You look at Calvin Benjamin and um, Devin Funches. The New England Patriots don't have any of those. Um, Nikhil Harry is probably the closest to that, that they have to either speed or um, or being a big body, which I don't even think he's that tall. I think he oh so, well actually so he's six four two twenty five, um, so he might be able to be that big bodied receiver that Cam Newton was looking for. Um, Julian Edelman is you know he's he's been so good for so long. Um, Muhammad Sanu was good with the Falcons, but then he struggled when he got traded to the New England Patriots last year. Um, he has some really like uncharacteristic drops. Uh, Muhammad Sanu used to be used to be able to count on him not to drop a single pass, um, possibly throughout the entire season. And last year with the Patriots, he just had some uncharacteristic drops. So um, 
I want to see how how those how they complement each other because Cam Newton's um, never really played with receivers who are slower and more possession receivers. He's always had receivers who are big-bodied targets who he can just kind of get the ball up to and catch, and they can use their body to catch the ball. Or he's had receivers who are speedsters. Um, so I'm interested to see how Josh McDaniel calls calls plays for Cam Newton in that offense. Um, now, unfortunately. And this is where I have the most questions about the New England Patriots, which is kind of surprising to say because this has, it hasn't always, it, I don't know that I could think of a time that it's ever been this way. Um, the majority of the questions for the New England Patriots come on defense, uh, specifically at linebacker and on the line. Um, so they've got Dante Hightower, who's always been good. He has had uh, injury questions in the ba- in the in the past. Um, then they've got Chase Winovich out of um, Michigan, and then they took another guy out of Michigan, Josh uh, UT, I think is how you say his last name. Um, but then like Jawan Bentley, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about this John Simon guy. Um, and for like the first time in my life, I've never heard of any of the guys on their on their defensive line. Um, Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, or Deep. Dietrich Wise Jr. So I have questions about their linebackers and their defensive line. I do not have any questions at all about their secondary. Their secondary is is really good. Um, They're really experienced. They've been playing with each other for a very long time. Um, You've got the McCurdy twins. You've got Patrick Chung, and you've got Stephon Gilmore, who I think you can make the argument is the best corner in the league. Um, So I have absolutely no question about their secondary. But I want to see is that defensive line or their linebackers are they are are they good enough to get enough pressure um, to be able to allow that secondary to really shine in the way that they should. Um, so those are kind of really all that I have for the New England Patriots. So much of it comes down to Cam Newton, um, his health, and how he gels with his wide receivers. So those are my thoughts for the New England Patriots, my man. What are your thoughts on these uh, New England Patriots? Um, well, you've hit most of it. My major, my major thought and point based on the reason why I think the Bills do not win the division because of this move is that Bill Belichick is not a risk taker. He does not take yeah. risks. He, um, I, I think he makes calculated moves and is based off of his research and Somehow, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if somehow, like, after the one year that Cam Newton's there, unless they decide to keep him for multiple years, news is going to break. They somehow did something illegal to find out if Cam was healthy or not, because that's just how they do things. But <laughs> Bill, Belichick, <laughs> Bill Belichick knows something the other teams don't, that the injury is no longer an issue and that Cam Newton is at 100% for the first time in probably three years. Um yeah. On top of that, Cam Newton just got slighted by the team that he has taken care of for, um, you know, the past however many years, like almost 10 years he's been in the league or however long Cam's been in the league. Um, I, I feel like he, he wants to prove himself on top of, you know, his other team turning his back on him. The only team that offered him was the Patriots. Uh, I really thought he would go to the Chargers. I thought that would be a good fit for him. I think this yeah. is going to be a one-year prove-it, like, I'm healthy deal. Yeah. And then I'm interested to see if uh, the Patriots re-sign him to a longer deal 
or does he move on and go somewhere else who realizes they need a quarterback? Um, yeah. All that to say, I don't care that they say that there's going to be a quarterback competition. Hammond's <laughs> the quarterback. Belichick did not bring him in if he wasn't sure he was healthy, and Belichick did not bring him in not to start him. The quarterback is Cam Newton. They may still believe that Stidham can be the future, but they may believe that right now their best chance of winning is to bring in Cam Newton and not go ahead and give the ball to to Jason or Jared Stidham and let him sit for a little longer. Um, As far as the rest of their offense goes, I'm interested to see how Enkil Harry kind of bounces back from injury. He spent almost all of last season hurt. He was supposed yeah. to be a big weapon for them. He was supposed to be what DK Metcalf was to Seattle Seahawks. It took him a little bit to pick up, uh, but he eventually did. I think they expected Enkil Harry to be that, but he spent a majority of the year hurt. So I'm interested, and I so Tom Brady didn't have a big threat because he was hurt. Um, Julian Edelman is Julian Edelman. I want to see if he can pick up that same uh, or be as good without Tom Brady because we've seen a lot yeah. of receivers leave New England who Tom Brady made, and then they disappear. Like, they're not relevant anymore. Um, so is Julian Edelman a product of Tom Brady, um, or was he a, a you know, low-key, really good receiver, um, and thanks to the Patriots giving him that shot. I mean, granted, he was a quarterback in college, but gave him a chance to kind of develop as a, as a wide receiver that he became one of the best in the league as a small slot receiver. Um, and then to see what Mohamed Sanu does this year. I'm not going to worry too much about how disappointing he was with the Patriots last year. Um, he went into a Patriots team whose offense was not that good with an aging quarterback. Um, it was like mid-season or later that he went to them. Uh, a lot, I think, happens during that time in learning the plays. The uncharacteristic drops maybe didn't, wasn't able to get the, um, the um, chemistry with him and Tom Brady because uh, yeah. you'll see sometimes when quarterbacks and receivers link up late, uh, the chemistry is not there because it is a chemistry position. Um, so I'm interested to see if Hillman and, and, uh, and Cam can get some chemistry going and they fix that wide receiver's corpse. Um, my, my two big concerns with this offense is a tight end. Um, yeah. For yeah. the first time yeah. they have, I mean, I guess they didn't really know their tight end last year. But I, I look at these names, and I don't know a single one of these names. I know they drafted two tight ends this past year. I'm assuming it's because they like them and they're going to be good. <laughs> Outside of that, I have no knowledge of these tight ends. Um, and then Sony Michelle. I, I, I thought Sony Michelle was going to be really good. Um, I think he is struggling. I don't think Sony Michelle, I'm going to say it. I live in Georgia. I'm going to say it. Sony Michelle is not a is not a number one running back. I don't think he can carry the the tote all by himself, and I don't think anyone ever got to see that at Georgia because they constantly had three running backs at any given time. Yeah, I think that he was his his uh, chub being so good made him so good, and the fact yeah. that he doesn't have another elite running back around him is almost like with the Alabama running back. So like T.J. Yeldon. Uh, and Kenyon Drake never balled out in the league. They never had to be a number, a true number one because they had several running backs around them. I don't think right. Sony Michelle is really near as good 
I don't think he's nearly as good as Chubb, and I think Chubb helped him be great. And now that he doesn't – like, he has Rex Burkhead <laughs> and he has uh, James White, but all three of them are similar running backs um, yeah. that I don't think any of them can truly be the number one. So I'm interested to see how their run game goes. Can Sony Michelle finally step up, make him himself the number one? Uh, they have Damian Harris, who I believe came from Alabama, who was a stud for a little bit of Alabama. Um, maybe he breaks through. He's, like, lost in the mix at, like, number five. Um, uh, so between the tight end and the running back, those are my two concerns. I'm actually not concerned at all with this uh, defensive core. Um, Bill Belichick <laughs> is a defensive mind. His son is the D.C. with one of their former players, Gerard Mayo. I'm not concerned at all with the defense. The defense stunned me last year by being so excellent when I thought they were going to be terrible. So I'm not even going to worry about analyzing any of the defense because I have no doubts they will be a top seven defense. Yeah, top seven sounds good. Um, they will be a top seven defense. Their DBs are too <laughs> good. Their line is good. Uh, it's that linebacking core. But outside of that, my biggest concerns is are they going to have tight ends they can throw to, um, and is their run game going to be good? Because if those two answers are no, because Cam Newton's used to having, you know, Greg Olson to throw to, and he's had a pretty good running back core when he was in um, in Carolina, I, I think that offense struggles because I don't think they can be that one-dimensional passing down the field to the receiver offense. Um, and I think that's where – Tom Brady struggled last year. He didn't have wheels like Cam does, but um, Cam does become solidified um, there. All right. How many do you want to get? They won 12 games last year. Yeah. Over, under, or I'm going to throw in with them definitely. Over, under, or the same? Um. I'm going to let you choose the same if you want, because 12 wins is a pretty high win total. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so much of this has to do with Cam Newton, man. Um, yep. I'm going to say under. Just because, like you said, 12 is a really high, really high number. Um, and so, well, this kind of ties into the Buffalo Bills as well. So, I've actually, I've actually got the Patriots winning nine games, which is, um, what I'm seeing a lot of people have them winning now with Kim Newton. Um, they've got, they've got kind of a, a tough schedule. Um, but especially with, with the things with the COVID-19 and Kim Newton being on a new team, you just don't necessarily know how everything's going to come together. Um, mm. and so I think, I think for those reasons, I think that you would put them at nine games. I think if if Cam Newton like had they signed him early in the off season and nothing none of this stuff with COVID would have gone on, he would have had an entire off season with them. I think they're probably an eleven win team um, with Cam Newton. You know, the last time we saw Cam Newton, he had led the the Panthers to a six and two record, and he was putting up MVP numbers. So he's not completely out of his prime yet. I think he still has a chance to return to form. I don't know that he'll be competing for, for MVPs again, but he's, he's still like, he still has a chance to be a top 10 quarterback in the league to me, at least as long as he can stay healthy. Um, I think that week 16 game against Buffalo is going to determine the winner of this division. Um, and I'll wait till we talk about winners later on. So right now I've got both the Patriots and the, and the, uh, the Buffalo Bills winning nine games um, this year. How about you? What are you thinking? Over, under, or the same? 
Uh, I also think it's under, but I think it's like 10 or 11 wins. And like you said, so much of it has to do with Cam. If it's, if Cam, you know, gets hurt early, it's definitely under. And it's, and they're not winning the division. Um, if they decide Cam Newton's not the starter, it's definitely under. And in my opinion, they're not winning the division. But I'm going to proceed with Cam being, um, being the starter. And I think they win. I had, I came up with 10 games and I'm giving them one extra because of Cam Newton. 11 wins this season. Patriots, 11 yeah. wins. Yeah. Who do you think, uh, I, so now, who do you think wins? That obviously with my predictions, um, I think the Patriots end up winning the division. Who do you think? I know you have two nine and seven yeah, teams. Who... I went back and forth on this man. I almost made it a bold prediction. Um, you know, just to say something about the two teams. Um, I mean, and even as we were talking about them to end, I still went back and forth. Um, I think again that week sixteen game is is um. New England versus Buffalo. It's a Monday night game. Um, it's in New England. Uh, so it's, I don't know. I think that's going to be the game that possibly determines the winner of this division. All that being said, I think the New England Patriots find a way to beat Buffalo, um, at home on Monday night. And I think that's what allows them to have the edge in winning this division. Um, and I think for me, unfortunately, since I've got both teams going nine and seven, I think that would knock the Buffalo Bills out of the playoffs this year. Um, but I think the, the New England Patriots end up winning the division again this year. The Bills were so close, man. If it wasn't for Cam Newton, the, the Bills would have won this, this division. No questions asked, but I've got, I've got the, the New England Patriots winning this division again. Um, again, so much of it depends on Cam. Like you said, I don't think it's out of, uh, out of reach to think that they could win 11 games. So that's me, man. Do you, uh, you want to comment on the winner or do you want to go straight to bold predictions? Oh, my winner is going to be, and once again, I'm going to assume Cam's there the whole season because that's all we can do it right now. Uh, Patriots end up winning. I do still think the Buffalo Bills find a way in the playoffs. This year they have that expanded playoffs. They added a seventh team. So I think they'll get in there. Um, but, with Cam as the quarterback, I think they win. And so far now, we have, in all three of our divisions, we have agreed on who the winner is going to be, or four divisions now. We've agreed on who the winner of the division is. We've had pretty easy divisions, though. Um, those who won the ball prediction. That's crazy. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've agreed. Now, we may differ moving forward, maybe, but, uh, like next week, we may differ. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so far, we have agreed on every single winner. Um, <laughs> bold predictions. Do you want me to go or you go? I think uh, I got a pretty big one. Yeah, I don't think mine's that bold. Um, so I'll go ahead and and, and give mine. Um, I, well, I, I mean, I don't think the first part of mine is that bold, but I think the second part possibly. Um, so my bold prediction is I believe that Adam Gates will get fired by week 11. Um, and I believe that um, both Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell would would have been traded by midseason. Um, Jamal Adams is going to happen most likely before um, the season. He's already demanded a trade request. I think Le'Veon and Adam Gates, they had problems in the past. Um, Gates came back and apologized to it, but when you've got a stud – 
of a running back like Le'Veon Bell, you just can't really say anything about him because <laughs> he's liable to quit on the team, you know? And he's the only <laughs> offensive player that you have. So Adam Gates is going to lose his job by week 11. Uh, Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell will both be traded midseason. The Jets are going to completely tank this year. Well, not tank because they're already bad. Tank would imply that you were decent. Or trying. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you were trying. So, yeah, they're just bad, man. Um, so that's my bold prediction, man. What's yours? I'm excited to hear. Yeah, those are, well, those are, those are good, though. I can see that. I can see both of those happening. I, I didn't think about them firing them midseason. Um, but I forgot, if you remember, with that Le'Veon Bell take, after they signed him in the offseason, or whoever that GM was, once they fired that GM, remember when Gase tried to immediately try and trade him? I forgot about that. They, they signed him to, to, to a big contract. They fired the GM because he spent too much money on all these players. And Adam Gase was like, all right, who wants Le'Veon Bell? And then everybody got upset, and he was like, LOL, just kidding. Yeah, I'm like, come on, dude. You can't want that now. Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. Adam, wow, man. (laughs) My bold prediction. I think it's fairly bold. I want you to go ahead. I want you to buckle the seatbelt real quick, all right? I'm going to give you a second to get clicked in. Mentally preparing myself. I am clicking myself into the couch. We are strapped in and ready to go. All right. This year, Uh-oh. Cameron Newton will be the NFL MVP. Wow. Heard it here first. Cameron wow. Newton comes back with a vengeance. He dethrones Pat Mahomes and wins NFL MVP. Heard it here first. Five, well, for us, it's 559 on the 30th. For y'all, it'll be July 1st. But heard it here first. <laughs> Cameron Newton, NFL MVP thoughts. Oh, man, dude. So, golly, you can't just leave us with that and then expect us to, like, just get off the podcast. So this could go a little bit longer than expected <laughs> just because Aaron decided to drop a bomb on us as we get ready to leave. Like, it was just going to be something simple. Check us out next week. We're talking about the AFC South. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great night. And then Aaron drops this on us, and I have to respond. Um, You do realize that Patrick Mahomes is still in the NFL. And, like, not even that, man. You've You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got possibly Deshaun Watson. I think you can make the argument about your boy Baker Mayfield. Um. There's so many people that I think could compete for that uh, MVP position. Plus, with the health concerns of Cam Newton, um, that might just be the boldest prediction that we're going to have on this podcast, man. But I love it, man. I love the confidence. Um, that was even more bold than me saying uh, Drew, me talking so highly about Drew Locke last week, man. Um <laughs> So there you have it, people. I've got Drew Locke winning MVP and Aaron Scott. <laughs> <Cam> <laughs> Newton winning MVP. Oh, and this one's higher than that? <laughs> so we'll Look, see I said what I said. <laughs> My thoughts are Belichick wouldn't sign him without him being healthy. Cam Newton, the way he went, and, and, and part of it is the way he went out in Carolina. He did, They didn't respectfully let him go. They just straight up ditched him, made it sound like it was mutual, 
and then he went on one of his on little uh, one of those cryptic message Instagram things where he talked about how they ditched him, and and then he put out the video about how he is uh, how he's ready uh, with his workout, and he he is just ready to get after it. He's healthy again. I believe he's healthy again because Belichick believes he's healthy again because he wouldn't have signed him without it. And I think Cam Newton is going to terrorize the NFL next year and that he will be the NFL MVP. Wow. Um, I like Cam Newton a lot, man. And I, w- I would love to see him win MVP slash comeback player of the year. Um, kind of like a like – Easy. A He'll win both. Did. Um, I don't know if Peyton Manning won both, but I feel like he, I feel like he did win both. Um, so yeah, I, I would love to see that for Cam Newton. It's just, it's crazy, man. To th- like Patrick Mahomes is still in the league. Um, so uh, until, until Patrick Mahomes is not in the league, I'm rolling with Patrick Mahomes at MVP for the next like 15 years. Um, plus Tom Brady <laughs> is in Tampa. He's got weapons. Oh man, dude, I I don't know, dude. I I just don't know. I like him doing a lot, but I can't I can't lock him in with MVP. But uh, man, man, that's a that's a hot tag, dude. I like it. I like it a lot. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything? <laughs> anything left for our uh, our listeners? No. Um, no, I, I'm kind of speechless. Aaron, Aaron drops that on me last minute. I, I don't really have anything to say. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm going to be queuing on that one for a while, man. Um, yeah, no, I don't have anything else to say, man. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, super excited to talk to you guys next week about the AFC South. All right. And hold on. Got to give the button. There we go. And we're out.